Hey everyone, so today's episode is absolutely packed full of everything overall well-being. So if I were you, I would pull out your notebook, grab a cup of coffee, and take some notes. Today we are talking to Steven Trotter. He is an ACE health coach, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, medical exercise specialist. He is also an ACSM certified exercise physiologist, Gallup certified strengths coach. He is everything in the books. Steven, when I grow up, I want to be you. (laughs) I'm so serious. Maybe it's just me, but this episode is so motivating. It really makes you want to get up off your butt and be productive and do something big, make something happen. Steven is such a light and he is so well-spoken and so educated. We had an awesome time on the podcast today. It was just so natural. Conversation flowed and I know that y'all will feel like you are just sitting there a part of the conversation as well. His view on life and his idea of well-being is so optimistic and it's just real. That's what I really appreciated about this episode. So I cannot wait for y'all to hear his input and apply it to your own life. Let's jump into it because we have a lot to talk about. Hi everyone, I have Stephen Trotter here with me today and I'm super excited. How are you today, Stephen? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good. Thanks for having, or thanks for coming in. Um, All right, I want to jump right into it. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What brought you here to ECU? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been here at ECU now uh, two and a half years, so I'll be going on year three in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to this, I was actually doing well-being consulting full-time, so I actually started my own business back in 2017. Ooh, okay, okay. And I was doing, and I still do consulting on the side, but I do uh, well-being consulting for universities, military bases, uh, and kind of global health clubs, so it's what I focused on. Um, but by trade, I'm a group fitness instructor, yeah. personal trainer, wow. health coach, and a medical exercise specialist. So pretty much you do everything. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then I'm also an adjunct faculty member at another college, and I teach. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I teach at Coastal Carolina Community College. Really? Okay. I was between there and department. ECU. How do you like it? Ever? Um, I love it. I've been yeah. teaching there five years. I used to teach oh, wow. in person. And now I teach online. Which okay, okay. Our industry is kind of going online. So right. I teach classes in um, fitness facility management, uh, health coaching and wellness promotion, and college transfer success is really what I focus on there. Gotcha, gotcha. So here at ECU, like what is your main thing? Like I know you do a ton. So what do you do here? Yeah, so my role here is I work full-time in campus recreation and wellness. Okay. I'm the associate director over the well-being areas. And the areas that kind of report up through me from the well-being side are alcohol and other drugs, sexual health, healthy relationships, nutrition and body image, gotcha. um, mental health, stress management. Obviously, we just talked about the movement and exercise right. piece. Mm-hmm. Just kind of overall well-being when it comes okay. to that holistic well-being approach. And then yeah. I'm also a Gallup certified strengths coach. So yeah, I do we'll definitely get into coaching. that a little bit later um, in here for the university and a lot of what I focus on is inside of campus rec and wellness. And then a lot of, I do a lot of coaching for ECU employees and departments. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. So what got you into health coaching? Cause I really want to talk a lot about that. I feel like people don't really understand what it is. So what, what started you there? So what actually got me in the industry Mm -hmm. is I grew up a very overweight and obese child. And the first place that I went to when I got my driver's license when I turned 16 Mm -hmm. um, was I went to the Gold Gym in my hometown, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, And I ended up losing 120 pounds with my sophomore and senior year of high school. Wow. And I actually went from one extreme to another. So I ended up kind of walking the line of disordered eating patterns, exercise addiction. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, I was actually a spin instructor. So, Oh, wow. So you got your group fit instruction. Did you get that through ACE? Yeah. And so I... In high school, wow. And so I started out at, when I went to undergrad at UNC Charlotte, Mm -hmm. I was a fitness instructor there and a personal trainer. And um, with the health coaching piece, then we call it here at ACU, we call it well-being coaching. Yeah. But what got me into that is my personal mission is to take people place to a place they can't get on their own. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is why I exist. Yeah, and absolutely. So a job is a pathway to mm-hmm. that. And I don't attach myself to my job. I attach myself to my mission. Yes, that that's super change. important. Yes. And that's really why I believe in the work of well-being coaching, mm-hmm. health coaching, and all of what we do, mm-hmm. 
uh, because people rely so much on exercise, movement, holistic well-being to take them to that place. Mm -hmm. And we're the catalyst to do that. So that's really what got me into Mm -hmm. this side of the industry. Yeah, I love that. So this might be kind of a random question, but I noticed like it used to be like wrecking wellness and like a bunch of wellness, but it switched to well-being. Is there like a reason for that? Is there a difference between the two? Well-being is more of just a universally uh, holistic approach. Okay, okay, okay. If you're thinking about wellness versus well-being. Okay. And part of why we talk about well-being as a whole is it's more of a an morphing spider web. Okay. And wellness can seem to people as a checkbox like, "Oh, I did this today, so I checked that off the list." Okay. That makes off sense. My wellness. Yeah. And it's more of like it's like your gas gauge to your car. That's what gotcha. well-being is. It's not always full and it, hopefully it's not always empty. Gotcha. And there's a lot of elements and variables mm-hmm. to it. So it's an evolution of change and gotcha. thriving. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Awesome. So can we kind of talk about what health coaching is? Because I know like not too long ago after I got like my personal training certification, I was like, okay, I wanted something with nutrition. I saw the ACE offered health coaching. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that because nutrition. And then I realized that's not what it is. Like I talked to, I think it was Karen that used to be here and set up a call with her and came and talked and pretty much figured out like exactly what it was. And I was like, oh, like this is, this is completely different. So yeah, can we just kind of go over, like, what that is? Because I think people just have, like, a misunderstanding of it. Yeah, and it's understood that it can be misunderstanding yeah. because it's so individualized. It's very individualized. And health coaching and well-being coaching, it's really about walking alongside of someone on their journey. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting that support, right. yeah. We're kind of like the 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 tour guide that, yeah. they, mm-hmm. you know, we connect people to the resources Okay. and nutrition is a part of it. Right. It can be a part of it. And there's a lot of health coaches who are also personal trainers or right. registered dietitians. Mm-hmm. Some come from HR, some come from um, nursing backgrounds. Oh, wow. And so health coaching really, the variable is what other skill set do you have? Okay. And again, it's walking, it's co-creating that plan. Yeah. And it's, you're not fixing the client the client's perfectly capable of doing yes. it themselves. Mm-hmm. You're there to connect them to that resources mm-hmm. and to walk alongside of them. You're not in front yes. of them, dragging them behind. Mm-hmm. You're not behind them, pushing them forward. Yeah. You are walking alongside of the client yeah. along I feel their like journey. That's super important because that's like one thing. Like people talk, think about getting healthy and, you know, quotes around that because I just don't necessarily like that word, you know, healthy. Nobody really does now. But people always think it's like a one-sided thing. It's either you work out or you eat right, you know, and really, like, that's just surface level of it. Like, I feel like this is where you really see progress because it starts from, like, the inside. That's why I think, like, this topic is just so interesting. So um, I know we just kind of sort of kind of answered this, but, like, how does it differ from personal training and nutrition coaching? So taking, like, you know, physical activity, eating right out of it, of course, like you said, those are important, but, like, what do you – really get down to like what are some specific things that you do with like your clients i think the main difference is that as a personal trainer we write the programs for the client right we design the program Mm -hmm. based on their goals based on their assessment Mm -hmm. and we walk them through those exercises while they're with us Mm -hmm. with health coaching with well-being coaching we co-create the plan Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day we cannot force the client to do anything right the client has to do it themselves and I and love that. Yes. We, but with that being said, a lot of health coaches are also personal trainers right. or nutritionists or registered dietitians. Mm-hmm. So that's a big piece of it. Yeah. And when I work with clients when it comes to well being coaching, we may talk about stress management. We may define action plans mm-hmm. around priority management. And that's a, I won't get on that soapbox, but we do not do time management because I will make this very clear. You cannot manage time. We have the exact same 24 hours on this earth that everybody else does. Exactly. It is not about time. It is about priorities. When you tell somebody you don't have time to do something, you are lying. They are not a priority. That is what you had meant to say. Yes. I love that actually. Cause I feel like that is the biggest excuse. It's like, I don't have time. It's like, no, you have plenty of time. You're just not making it. It's not a priority for you. And that's just, I mean, does it sound nice? No, but that's just that's just a matter of fact. So yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, you don't talk time management. We talk priority management, and we have, yeah. we do worksheets, we do exercises together, and a lot of it also has to do with exercise. Yeah, and physical exercise right. and movement, and what are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. And we may, you know, we have an opportunity 
where we refer to a personal trainer. I mean, right. I myself, I am also a certified personal trainer, right. but we have a feeder program where we may refer a client into personal right. training so they can get that expertise too. Right. And it's it's no longer, our industry is no longer about one client to one personal trainer or one health coach. Right. It is one client to all practitioners. Like having a team, yeah. Right, so we can give them the best approach. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. So, okay, let's kind of talk about like what, so if somebody's kind of interested by this point, like, okay, you know, health coaching sounds interested. I don't know if I, you know, want to do it. Not really sure. So like, what does a session look like? So what, I don't know, what would you kind of start with? I know it's very personal to somebody. Um, Just as an example, like somebody starting with you, what kind of things do you go over at first? Yeah. So what normally happens when somebody comes into the health coaching, Mm -hmm. well-being coaching process, use those terms interchangeably. Right is, you know, once they, whether they self-enroll or you Mm -hmm. can be referred into the program, there's an intake form that you do. And it's just a general questionnaire about, you know, what are you looking to change? Mm -hmm. What successes have you had in the past? And we really look at, uh, we pair it with our essential elements of well-being. Okay. um, And where they are there when we think about the five essential elements. And that way I have a little understanding of the person when they come in. Yeah. And then they set the appointment. We do a 45-minute session. It may last the whole time. It may not. Okay. And it's really an open discussion. It's a lot of open-ended discussions. Right. I typically don't ask yes or no questions because it runs to a dead end. Yeah. And we really, like I have kind of a few questions that we start with. Mm -hmm. And based on those answers and based what the person told me prior to coming into that, it's really about, again, co-creating the yeah. journey. And honestly, it's a great, it's a fun conversation. Yeah, as it should be, you know. What is like, so I know on one of your PowerPoints that I was looking over, like it said, health coaching is not therapy. And I feel like as listening to this, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's a therapy session. So like, what's the difference is there? Because obviously it's not therapy, but it's still, you know, going in and talking to somebody, you know. Right. And I would say the main thing is, you know, coaching and counseling are two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of it comes from with a counselor, you're with a state board or licensed clinical counselor. Mm -hmm. With coaching, you're with a certified health coach. Mm -hmm. But part of it is we we have what we call our scope of practice. And so as a health coach, the same way with personal training, Mm -hmm. you have your scope of practice that you can work within. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, when it comes to coaching, we are not necessarily working with diagnosed disorders. Right. Um, and if somebody has a diagnosis order, we still work with mm-hmm. that individual as long as their co- counseling needs are being met. Gotcha, too. gotcha, gotcha. So we're, we're there on, you know, at the point where the best way to describe it is we are upstream mm-hmm. and counseling is more of like downstream where the gotcha. individual's already fallen into the creek. Mm-hmm, and with mm-hmm. coaching, we are trying to get them before they fall into the creek. Gotcha. And gotcha. a lot of times when where we are today in the workload on college campuses mm-hmm. and anywhere when it comes to clinical counseling mm-hmm. is oftentimes our clinical group is in crisis mode where they are all focused. Their priorities are the people who have already fallen into mm-hmm. that stream. And with coaching, we are trying to prevent people from falling in. Exactly. Yeah. Being uh, proactive instead of reactive. Very important. Um, so why would you say that this is beneficial for students specifically? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, I've got it together. I don't, you know, I don't need this. You know, it, you don't have to have, you know, extremely, like, and I know this sounds maybe bad, but you don't have to have, you don't have to have that feeling of depression or anxiety to reach out for help and want to better yourself. So for somebody who's like, you know, I don't need this, not saying, no, you need to go to health coaching anyway, but why would you say like to students specifically, this would be beneficial? It helps with goal setting. I yeah. mean, that's when you think about, you know, for one thing, as a student, you may just be, I mean, we are, we have the opportunity on ECU's campus here at mm-hmm. East Carolina University where we have a ton of things to do every day and a yeah. ton of resources. Absolutely. And it's almost like analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's so many things in front of me. Yeah. Where do I start? Yes. Or there's then this also element where you're like, oh, I have this idea. I have mm-hmm. this goal, but I don't know where to go to. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me Google it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll find it. Maybe I'll want, right. won't, or it could just be, I have this goal. I would mm-hmm. love an accountability partner yes. to help me strategize it. And mm-hmm. that's honestly, if we were to metaphorically say health coaching is goal setting in a way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, we're not, you know, I like to describe it as like when it comes to goal setting, I teach my academic classes mm-hmm. this way, is we're here in Greenville, North Carolina. Right. We could say that we are going to meet in two weeks in San mm-hmm. Diego, California. Mm-hmm. 
and each of our journeys are going to look different. Exactly. And you get to, as the client, be like, well, I really want to focus on staying warm. I want to see big cities. Right. I want music. And we're like, oh, have you thought about New Orleans, like yeah. Charleston, Austin, Texas? Mm-hmm. And we help plan that journey that right. way. And somebody else may take a different route. Exactly. Yeah. So I really want to get into kind of, um, since we're talking about like specifics with each person, some of the stuff that y'all focus on and first and foremost, like the using your strengths, because that really stuck out. And that was a big reason I wanted to have you on. Because I know with our staff here, you came in and you did the strength training with us. And it was like, okay, well, how can you use these specific strengths for yourself? But also, how can you use these strengths together as a team? And that really stuck out to me. I really liked that. So I kind of want to start with the same video that you showed us because I just feel like there's so many, like, things you can take out of it. So... How many of you are parents? Okay, you're part of the problem. (laughs) Gallup asked this question of parents. Your child comes home with the following grades. English, A. Social studies, A. Biology, C. Algebra, F. Which grade deserves the most attention from you? The question doesn't say, if you pick one grade, you must henceforth ignore all others. It just says, hey, look, as a parent, you've only got one thing to invest in your child, your time. Where will you spend most of it? 77% of American parents say the F. So the sad fact is that most conversations around most kitchen tables or dinner tables in this country are around the child's flaws and failings and how to fix them. Most children in this country are... Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. I just, I don't know, I feel like every time you listen to that, you can kind of take something different out of it, and I kind of just want to talk on that for a little bit. Like, one of the things he says that really stuck out to me is, like, what do the parents focus on most? Like, they need to focus their, where are they going to put their time in the child? And if you try to take the parents out of the equation, you can look at it as, like, what are you going to focus on in yourself? Because I feel like, especially with today... Everybody is so focused on what am I doing wrong? Like, what is wrong with me? And then we need to fix all the things that are wrong rather than what do I already have? Like, what am I good at? What am I naturally good at? What are my natural given gifts? Like, nobody's focusing on those. And I feel like that's the first thing I take out of this. And I feel like that's another reason why health coaching would just be so good. Like, realizing it's also just a confidence booster, you know, not to just sit there and focus on all the bad things about yourself, but to really look at, like, what others see in you. Because whatever you put out, like, that's what others are going to see. So if you're always, you know, negative and just talking about, like, what you're doing wrong, what you need to fix, others are going to see that too. So I feel like that's really important. So I know I've talked a lot, but, like, what what are some of the things, like, other different things you can take from that video? Because I know you've showed it a lot, talked about it a lot. I'll say one example in how we relay it and how it plays out in health coaching. Yeah. Is you will always hear me in a session say, on a scale of 1 to 10 – where do you feel that you're at with X, whatever X okay. is? And the person may tell me three. Mm-hmm. And what is your initial reaction when somebody says three? Like, what do you think people like say? Or like, oh, man, that's. Right. Like that's what could be considered low. That's yeah. Really low. Yeah. If a person tells me that they're three, mm-hmm. I say, oh, cool. Well, why didn't you say two? Mm. Because three is higher than two. So right. if I put the ball back in their court mm-hmm. and I say interesting, why did you say three instead Mm -hmm. of a two? They automatically start listing the reasons why that they said three. Yeah, and it puts a a more positive spin on it. it's a positive spin. What are they doing right? Mm -hmm. And the best way to describe it, as I love this analogy, and in the strengths world we use Mm -hmm. this, but think of your strengths as the five points of a star. Yeah. What can you do to make those points sharper? Yeah. And when it comes to, you know, career well-being, which is our most important element of well-being. Yeah. It's about spending more time doing what A, you love. Absolutely. And B, that you're good at. Exactly. And we should be doing more things that make our our skill set right. stronger. And we're not really thinking about it right now. Like everybody's just, you know, in college and it's like, okay, I just need to get something done. It's going to give me a well-paying job. And it's like, okay, well, you might have money in the future, but what is that going to mean if you're not happy with your job? If you're not, right. if you're literally just sitting there, you know, doing the exact same thing every day, something you don't enjoy, you know, like what does the money even matter? It's security, sure, but overall well-being, like we've been talking about, not there. 
Right. Yeah. I love that. And part of it is like, you know, you, we can't, it doesn't mean that we're ignoring that right. F on mm-hmm. the report card or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, obviously what we call is navigating mm-hmm. the, navigating the lesser strengths is really what right. we're looking at. We're not going to ignore it, but we're also not going to spend 110% exactly. of effort on something that we're not naturally talented to Exactly. Do. And I feel like that's like what today is just such a world of comparison. It's like, well, this person can do this, but I can't. Well, instead of saying, what am I going to do so that I can do that too? Like people aren't focusing on, okay, well, what do I have that they don't? You know, and I feel like that's so important. Just nobody thinks about that. So why Clifton? I mean, I know there's like so many you know, BuzzFeed quizzes. You got all these different things, like personality tests. So like why this one? I know y'all use this one a lot. Yeah. So the Gallup um, and Clifton Strengths Finders uh-huh. was actually um, developed by a former University of Nebraska faculty member, her turned okay. CEO. Mm-hmm. And Gallup is known as like the polling company. Mm-hmm. And you see them all over the news. When you see research and statistics, a lot of it is a, a Gallup poll that does it. Yeah. And what they did is they took, they really analyzed high achievers from around the world Mm -hmm. in multiple countries and identified what talent, Mm -hmm. what raw talent looks like for that. So for example, somebody who who has achiever in their top five. It's my number one, yeah. And (laughs) it's my number four. And I say say that because it's most likely that one in three to one in four people Mm -hmm. that you meet are going to have achiever in their top five. Right. But... When you take that assessment, when it comes to those 34 strings, somebody who has achiever indicates that they like doing hard work. They find satisfaction in getting Mm -hmm. things done. And it's picking up patterns. And that's Mm -hmm. what the assessment's about. Right. It's identifying patterns. And talent is like an eight-lane highway that runs through your brain Mm -hmm. that's no in no one else's brain. It's just how do you approach things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done strengths coaching with, team members and organizations before where mm-hmm. I remember one person was saying was really bummed because when, with that, we did the entire 34 report. Okay. Strategic was in the person's bottom four and or bottom five. And part of their job title was being strategic. Yeah. <laughs> and they were super bummed. And I was like, it doesn't mean that you're not right. strategic because you have achiever, you have right individualization, you have, you know, whatever these other strengths are, that's how you approach it. Yeah. And with that comes strategy. I mean, right. you know, and it's like, it's just how you apply it in a great way. is like, you could take a look at your strengths and say, okay, what have I done in the last five days or mm-hmm. even the last 24 hours? How did I utilize my strengths mm-hmm. to get there? If I debrief it and now I have this opportunity, this problem or whatever it may be, this project coming up in front of me, how can I use my five top five strengths right. to achieve that goal mm-hmm. in front of me? That's really what it's about is like gotcha. taking the elements of it. And at the end of the day, we I kind of joke when I do workshops around this because mm-hmm. I was like, I'll pause when I say this, but everyone has talent. Yes. And then you <laughs> see like, mm, I know some people that may not, but <laughs> right. talent is what you were born with. Yeah. And it's raw. Yeah. The variable is the investment. Mm-hmm. And we really relate it to the exercise world mm-hmm. of for those of you who have a background in exercise or like to exercise or yeah. studying some mm-hmm. sort of exercise science, you know that if you want muscles to grow, you have to put them under stress. You have exactly. to have hypertrophy. And if you atrophy happens, so if you don't use it, you lose it. The yep. same way your strengths are. Exactly. Talent is what you were born with. Mm-hmm. The strength is the end of the equation. What right. you control yeah. is the investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super important. I kind of want to play around with that for a little bit. So I pulled mine up. I feel like this is just the best way to do it. Um, and so like, okay, like, let's say I was one of your clients, for example. So I'm assuming you have like them take the test and then y'all go over it. Do y'all do like the full 34? Do y'all really just look at the top five? Most, we still do a lot of like top five Mm -hmm. right now. Um, We've gotten to more with our full-time employees. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do full 34 most of the time. Yeah. It's kind of been a shift over the last couple of years. Gotcha. Because exactly what we were just talking about as, as Gallup certified coaches, Mm -hmm. we used to actually be told to not give people their 34. It okay. used to be very expensive Gotcha. to get to be a deterrent because right. people would go directly to that bottom five to see Because they want to know. Because right. like what like right. just said, everybody wants to know what they're bad at. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you're bad at it, but that's so, just where everybody's mind goes. It's about navigating it. Yes. So <laughs> that's funny. So we focus on our top five, but really yeah. your, your entire top 10 yeah. is um, really what you operate from most okay. of the time. And then there'll be a point where you're like, mm, this is now sometimes. Right. And then you'll see, you know, if you're going through your 34, you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, this is never me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have my top five up here. And then, so, okay. So one through five, it was achiever, input, 
activator, ideation, and positivity. So where would you kind of go with that? Like, and maybe it's, like I said, I don't really know how it works. So, so you know, then, how can you look at that? <laughs> yeah, the initial, you know, my questions would be after you read your report is okay. saying like, what, what surprised you? What resonated okay. with you? Would be some questions that I would have. And, you know, a lot of people read it and they're like, oh, yeah, this is totally me. Right. Or I might ask the question of what did you think you should have seen mm-hmm. up there that you didn't see? Mm-hmm. And then we would dive into the four domains of strengths leadership. And that's really when we get into the teams of executing, you know, strategic relationship building and influencing. Okay. Because that paints a broader picture of what right. you're most dominant in. So when you, for example, with yours, what's your dominant theme? So all of mine are a different color. I have purple, green, orange, blue. I have two greens. That's the only one I have double of. What are your two greens? My two greens are input and ideation. So strategic is where you're dominant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. So what are the so what are the other colors? So those are like the you said the domains. That's what that is. Yeah, so we have four domains in leadership when we talk about um, strengths-based learning, strengths-based approaches. And when, you know, when you think about executing, if somebody's dominant in executing, which Mm -hmm. would mean they have three or more, or if you're kind of a spread, like where you have two and one, one in each other. Mm -hmm. So the one that appears most executing are the the people on our team that know how to get it done. So they're the ones who get things done. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Influencing is... People who are um, dominant and in influencing mm-hmm. reach the broader audience. There are storytellers. Gotcha. There are yeah. um, the people that go out and speak, that recruit, that tell the story for us. Uh-huh. Um, my dominant theme, my top five are communication, strategic, woo, uh, achiever, and self assurance. Mm-hmm. So I'm dominant in the influencing theme. Gotcha. gotcha. Relationship building, people who are dominant there, the glue that holds us together. Mm-hmm. And um, strategic thinkers, the people who are dominant strategic thinking, are the ones on our team who keep us focused on what could be. Gotcha. So is the, so like positivity number five, it's blue. So is that like the influencing domain? Is that what that would fall under? Relationship building. Relationship building. That makes sense. It makes sense. So what is the, so what is the purple and the orange? So purple is executing Uh and then orange is influencing. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I love that. So hopefully that gave a good little example to everybody. I just felt like that was the best way to do it. Um, yeah, so anybody can take this quiz, yes? Or is this a you have to do it through? Anybody can go to it. Um, uh-huh. We it, the If you take it on your own, mm-hmm. it's nineteen ninety nine. if you go through okay, the guide site. Okay. If you're at ECU, um, you can go through us to get it. We have, there's two coaches on campus. Gotcha. Uh, but we have our own kind of ECU account. And gotcha. when departments come to us, it's you get a discounted rate at $10 because we're an affiliate. Gotcha. So we sense. can get 50%. That's but neat. when we, my favorite like analogy to use when we look at our strengths, your individual strengths, mm-hmm. those 34 strengths are like the 88 keys of a piano right. individually. They just play a note. But when you learn how to really aim them together mm-hmm. and we know how to make these strengths work together the same way the keys on the piano can mm-hmm. create masterpieces from like Mozart to Metallica. Yeah. And that's yes. the way I think of it. It's like, it's all the same keys. Yeah. yeah. That's I love that example, actually. Um, all right, so kind of going into the next subject, um, I also listened to you give a presentation on your, I think it was the Strive to Thrive. Yes. You gave it at the staff meeting. And it was funny because, of course, it was like this really interesting thing, but then we were all making like bead bracelets. But then I would catch what you were saying, and I was like, oh, I need to listen to this. Like, this is actually super-duper interesting, like super applicable and beneficial. So I stopped making my bracelet. Um but I really wanted to talk about that. So I know that the biggest thing was like the elements of well-being. So it was like career, social, financial, physical, and community. Can we just briefly go through those, starting with career? I know you said that was like a very important one. Absolutely. Yeah. So here at ECU, we use the model of well-being. It's actually Gallup's essential elements mm-hmm. of well-being. So it's five essential elements. And how they got this is they looked at um, what makes people thrive and they looked at 150 countries around the world Mm -hmm. and they identified these elements. So career simply means you like what you do every day. Yeah. And it's used interchangeably with purpose. It kind of used to be called purpose Mm well-being. It's kind of been reclassified as career well-being. Okay. But the gist of it is we spend most of our time at work or serving out our mission and our purpose. And that's the reason it's most, the most important element of well-being. And one of the not so fun facts is research suggests that 
it takes somebody longer to recover from the loss of a job than the loss of a spouse. Mm-hmm. And the the research that they have in the, the well-being book indicates or suggests that it takes the average person five years to recover from the loss of a job. Oh, wow. And two years to recover from the loss of a partner or a spouse. So why would you say that is? When you think about it, it's like you spend most of your waking day. I mean, at, it's literally your work. life. Yeah, it's yeah. life consuming. Yeah. And that's the reason it's so important to do what you love. It's like that one um, cheesy quote that, how do they say? It's like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But I love that quote. I think it's so important. And And it's so, with that being said, it's so, like, you need to, and that's where we're at right now in 2021, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the year, the year of the great resignation where mm-hmm. people are doing what's important to them. I mean, look at, look at how many like small businesses are right. starting up. Like it's like a whole thing, like people, supporting small yeah. businesses. And I love that. I love that so much. You can do, you serve your mission. You, your job is a vehicle. Mm-hmm. You may take a train today, a car tomorrow and a plane next week. Yes. But you're, that's not, don't get attached to the job. Mm-hmm. Get attached to what lights you on fire every day. And I feel like that's a big thing. Like I know personally and so I know like with everybody else being a student is that it's okay to switch. Like, yes, yes, we are spending a lot of money on college. So everybody has that big stress of, okay, no, I'm in college. Like I've got to stick to this one thing. Like it's not saying you're giving up college. It's not saying you're giving up this, but it's okay to switch. Like for anybody listening, I'm just going to let you know, I've switched my major three times. Okay. And it took me three times to figure out what I love to do. Like, and it doesn't, I know that feeling of like, when you switch, it feels like you fail, but you're not failing. You're just, you know, going down, right. you're just going left instead of right, you know? So I thought I, that's super important. I feel you. I mean, I'll use myself as an example. I went to college with all thoughts that I was going to go to pharmacy school. Yeah. And it, I was not for pharmacy school. Pharmacy school was not for me. I mean, <laughs> I, I will be the first to say I graduated high school walking 11 in my class mm-hmm. with a 4.4 GPA. And after one semester of undergrad, I had a 1.75 GPA and was on academic probation because what I thought I needed to do Mm -hmm. wasn't what I was meant to do. Exactly. hopefully the irony is what I do today hopefully keeps people out of pharmacies. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, I actually love that. That was, well, mine was like a super, you know, like 180 switch. I came here for musical theater and then it was like that kind of led me into health because I realized like you know it was so like you have to look a certain way you have to anybody who's listening who's in theater I'm not saying that's all that it's about but that was one thing that I just took it a bad direction it was like I need to look this way I need to do this I need to sound like this I need to be able to dance like this and so you know starting fitness for the wrong reasons which sometimes that's how we all get into what it's always for the wrong reasons but then you find the right reasons and then switching over to dietitian school and then it was like you I realized I've always been a straight-a student right I went to dietitian school and it was like there were some classes that were just so hard and it's not even that I was doing super poorly and it's just like I had no enjoyment in it whatsoever and knew like working in a hospital just wasn't what I wanted to do I'm more of a one-on-one person, like, working recreationally. And so that was hard because, like, each time you switch, it feels like a failure. It shouldn't feel like a failure, but it does feel like a failure, especially when you're this age. You don't know. Right. Anyway. And, you know, when we look at what really and what college is about, too, is those social networks. And social well-being is that second most important Mm -hmm. element. And these are in a specific order. And I always tell people that, Mm -hmm. that. when it comes to social well-being, it's a, simply put, it's having strong relationships yeah. in your life. And it's all the interactions. And it's, Absolutely. You know, whether it's romantic relationships, platonic, mm-hmm. roommates, yeah, friendships, absolutely. like just people you interact with. And it's really, you're more likely to be overall thriving if mm-hmm. someone three degrees separated from mm-hmm. you is thriving and happy. And it's spending more time with those people that bring you joy. Yeah. And... You know, sometimes we just have, there's a, a great Medea video out there that talks about like a tree Love and that. that there are leaf people, there are branch people and there mm-hmm. are roots people. And we have to understand what each of those purposes mm-hmm. are. Right. And when it's time to let somebody go, mm-hmm. let them go. That is so important, especially at this yeah. age. I feel like it's hard to look at that now, but and yes, one of the absolutely interesting things is, is actually to improve and enhance your social well-being mm-hmm. is to spend six hours a day socializing six hours. And you're yeah. probably like, how do I even get six hours a day? Yeah. But I mean, that happens like, I mean, what we're doing right now, we're you know, socializing, yeah, texting, email, like whatever methods, like 
social media, like social interaction happens absolutely more than just in that face to face. And I feel like everybody right now is so like, because we're in this huge social media world, and it's like, okay, well, we can look at it as a negative thing, and a lot of times it is, you know, all that comparison, all that, you know stuff that goes on there, or you can use it to your benefit. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, everybody's like, I need to take these long breaks from social media. And maybe you do, because maybe you are looking at a bad thing. Or you can look at it as like what you just said, building those connections, finding other people, you know, like finding connections, stuff like that. So yeah, Yeah. that's super important. And then when it comes to financial well-being, it's really, financial well-being is different from financial health. Mm -hmm. When we think about financial health, that does have to do with the money in your bank account. Financial well-being doesn't necessarily have to do with the amount in your bank account. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how you are managing Mm -hmm. that money. And just, and when I say all of this, you know, know that we've got to go back to like the basics of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the end of the day. Food, shelter, Mm -hmm. housing, water is most important. Right. it doesn't matter about all the extra stuff when we don't have our basic needs met. Very true. But our main thing with financial well-being is two things that I really want to highlight is spending on experiences. Yes, that was one thing that beyond, stood out to me when you said that during yeah, the presentation. Those material purchases. And again, after your material purchases are met. And right. We've seen a shift of that over the last couple of years. And now we're as we're recording today, we have a supply chain issue out in the merchandising world. And we're talking about right. holidays coming up. and. <laughs> Will right. even presence exist um, <laughs> because all the ships are out like stuck in the ocean. Uh, but when it comes to that, like going on trips, spending, you know, at, at the end of the day, not going to Starbucks in the morning, getting your $5 coffee is not going to save you or break you. Exactly. You know, and especially if that's important to your social well-being yeah. and having socializing time, whether it's the mm-hmm. barista or your friends, or that just brings you joy. Exactly. And you know, the other thing when it comes to financial well-being is to really think about those automatic saving mm-hmm. type things, whether it's apps that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is that you have to have that, the same with strengths-based mm-hmm. mindset, you have to have that manifestation, that abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, you'll see some things out there that say, for example, if people spend their entire life trying to get out of debt, they mm-hmm. end up attracting more debt because mm-hmm. your focus is on debt itself yes. versus focusing on revenue, income, abundance, yes. and that will help you get out of debt. But if your approach is, again, it goes back to, we focus on the yes. F, we're in debt. So Exactly. Let's debt. What we're saying earlier, what you put out is what you right. get in. That is always how it is. Like Everybody wants to think of manifestations, like affirmations, it's such a taboo and like silly thing, but really it's so important. Right. And that doesn't mean like you don't have to be that kind of person who wakes up and every single morning is like, I'm going to do this or I am this. And maybe you are that person, maybe you yeah. aren't, but it's not always that. It's not always like, you know, the taboo stuff, but that's so important is just like walking confidently. Like even though you Absolutely. might not have something yet, walk like you already have it. I tell exactly. that I tell that to my personal training clients all the time when it's like, you know, they come in and the first thing is is I know that I'm not here right now and so it's gonna be really, really hard at first, but I know we're gonna get there eventually. But I know right now, like just bear with me because right now it's gonna be really hard at the beginning. And I'm like, Okay, but why don't we just do pr- it. just yeah. do it? Just let's just walk now, like we're already there. Right. <laughs> like why like why just wait for something it's to happen? So if you keep waiting for something, exactly. it's never gonna happen. Exactly. It's never gonna happen because you're idea of it in your head is always going to change yes with how you progress the time so, is always yes. now and we have and i like to say this half one of my values is humor which is why i use humor and yes. satire like a lot but even like in our office we have like i said as a, a halfway joke one mm-hmm. day and now we have like my six rules of life that sit on like Hannah's <laughs> desk up front and i've part never of seen it that is like you i mean you have to if you don't believe in yourself who else will nobody else will and it is like you walk with confidence and, you know, when, when I first got here and I do this with friends, with colleagues, mm-hmm. whoever it may be, I'm like, stop apologizing. Stop yes. saying, I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. I'm late. Thank you for waiting mm-hmm. and getting out of that mindset of I am beneath or I am, I am sorry. I'm so sorry. This sorry mm-hmm. that like stop, like yes. stop apologizing and start mm-hmm. saying, thank you for being here for me yes. instead of saying, sorry, I just unloaded on that. And me. I know that sounds like to some people might sound like silly, but it's like that changing your words and like changing how you think is one of the biggest things. Like everything around you will change. Yes. Like I know that sounds crazy, but everything around you will change when you change how you view the world, like and how Absolutely. you view other people and your relationships with them. And you have to know when you're in that place too. Cause yes. I, mean, I will be the first to admit, first of all, I do meditate every morning and I've got crystals in my house. Oh, in the I love rooms. that but, so much. <laughs> I mean, there are times when I leave in the morning and if I'm not I'm like my, 
I need to go back home, reset, and then I will try again. We yeah. need to redo the approach because it's going to be a crash and burn if I show up with this aura and this attitude yes. that I've got right Energy now. is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows, like, you know, you walk around somebody, you can immediately, you've everybody's been around somebody where they're like, okay, I don't like their energy. You might not say it like yeah. that, but, you know, like you just know when somebody's a negative person, a positive person, and everybody's been in the room where, you know, like you're with a group of people and there's always that one person that stands out. Maybe it's because they're funny or maybe it's because, like, they're just super talkative. Like, there's always that one person that stands out. Right. So why not aim to be that person? Like, yeah. just be that person. Be the best version of you. And exactly. I, you know, I, like, I travel a lot and I keynote speak mm -hmm. and I do presentations. And I still, like, before, five minutes before I go on stage, I don't want to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I've got my, you know, AirPods in and I'm listening to, like, a chill playlist or mm -hmm. something. And I'm getting my mind right. Absolutely. Because I, like, think to myself, I am here and, like, you know, I want to, I, in a sense, Being say present, a little, super a little prayer before yes, I get absolutely. there. And I'm like, let me speak the words that these people need to hear. Yes. And that's how I approach it. Yeah. And so I need that five minutes before to just get yeah. in my head space. And that goes for anybody. Like, it's okay to, I feel like selfish has such a negative connotation on it. But when it comes to taking care of yourself and like being present and being intentional with what you do, like it is okay to be selfish. Like you said, like right. if I have to go back and do that again, I'm going to go back and do that again because that sets up your whole day, you know? Right. And it's like, that's a whole concept of yeah. thriving. Which, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I guess I'll get to that after I finish these yeah, five elements. Yeah, of course. Like, and this, we're kind of talking about the physical right now, <laughs> right. you know? And with that, you know, fourth is physical. Yeah. And physical is really having enough energy to get the things done. And yes. we think that physical well-being is about exercise. Well, it's a piece of it, but it's not the whole story. Right. It's about, you know, like movement. It's about nutrition, what we're fueling Absolutely. our body with. It's getting the right amount of sleep mm -hmm. and the right quality of sleep. Super important. You know, and also it's our actual mental health. Because in this model, we don't see mental well-being pulled out separately because mm -hmm. that is thriving. That's everything yes. put together. But if we have diagnosed disorders or any... Um, like anything of natural mental health mm -hmm. when we're looking at that would affect our physical well-being too. Right. And then also our alcohol, other drugs, anything that we're putting mm -hmm. into our body. And right. when we're thinking about this physical well-being, it's, you know, and when we think about exercise and obviously, you know, this from the personal trainer aspect of it is when, and when I was more frontline managing personal mm -hmm. trainers where they would be like, well, my client hates running. I'm like, okay, well, don't make them run. Don't run. There are plenty exactly. of ways. Exactly. There are so <laughs> many other ways. Yes. <laughs> and when people are like, I hate swimming, but I'm here swimming today. I'm like, why? why? There's so <laughs> many other ways. Exactly. Somebody's like, I know I'm doing this. I hate doing this, but I know that I need to do this. Well, if you hate it, obviously right. you don't need to be doing it. Like, it's as simple as that. <laughs> wait, that is like, are we insane? That makes like, no sense to me. If I don't want to do it, and I know that sounds like crazy. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Right. You know, like, wow, why put yourself through that? I mean, of course, you know, there's stuff this I have homework. Do I want to do that all the time? No, but of course I'm going right. to, I'm, I'm going to do that. But that's not what we're talking right. about. <laughs> and, you know, when it comes to my, my main thing here is like really the sleep and. Super important. People don't, people forget about right. that, especially and in if, college. If we're talking about like. You know, yes, the recommended amount of sleep is seven to eight hours of sleep at night and mm -hmm. actually not more than nine because research suggests that more than yep. nine hours of sleep is actually gives yep. you the same output as not getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And but at the end of the day, especially on college campuses where students are like, oh, there's no way that I'm getting seven, eight hours of sleep at night. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said earlier, right? oh, you're a three, not a two. Like, cool. Well, actually, you get the same enhanced increase of your physical well-being just mm -hmm. by adding 30 minutes onto mm -hmm. your existing existing sleep cycle yeah if you're getting four hours of sleep great you're getting that's better than three exactly so let's add 30 minutes onto it maybe tonight yeah. you can get you know four and a half hours of sleep yeah and it might be that it's you know less less than seven hours of sleep but it's also like the quality of sleep right. too yes and there and even like the way where your bed is in the room and like the, yes the where it faces to the door, not having your headboard at the window. Because yep. even like we can talk really like out there with feng shui, but at the, the basics of it yes. is when you're going through a room, if you have like sleep or if you have light coming in, mm -hmm. bouncing off a window or bouncing off a mirror, that can affect your the quality of sleep. Yeah, I have, trust me, I in my bedroom, I have my black light curtain and I have my white noise machine and my bed faces the door. Right. <laughs> yeah, so like I understand completely because... It's just, I don't know, I feel like once you figure it out and once you can hit that REM sleep, like, you don't want it any other way. Right. Like, you know when you got a bad night yeah. of sleep. I want to sleep seven hours, but 
it might not have been a good seven right. hours. <laughs> that affects your day. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, again, like we know that like the research suggests that like driving on not enough sleep can be the equivalent of driving while intoxicated. Absolutely. And because you cannot function when you don't have that that reset to mm-hmm. your body. And yeah. it's so important to get that fuel in your body mm-hmm. and, and to move with mm-hmm. what in, you enjoy. Right. And to get the right quality and amount of sleep. Yeah, and I feel like one of the another big excuse that you hear all the time is, well, I'm just never motivated. Right. I never have the energy. I'm not motivated. Okay, well, let's not, you know, look at that. Let's look at what are the reasons could be for why you're not motivated. Right. You're probably not sleeping. You're probably not fueling your body. Maybe you're not eating enough, you know, like all these other things to look at rather than I'm, I'm just not motivated right. like everybody else. Yeah. You know. Super important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and our fifth element of well-being is community well-being. Yeah. Simply put, it's liking where you live. And again, back to the financial piece where I mentioned those basic needs mm-hmm. with the community, having access to facility, quality transportation, being able to walk, you know, do you have a safe neighborhood? Mm-hmm. You, is it well lit? That's so important. And again, yeah. before you pass go collect $200, you've got to make sure those things are met before yeah, we can get absolutely. into all the extra stuff. But really, when you think about improving our community well-being, it's about giving back to your community. Yeah. And if you can do that where you can find organizations that allow mm-hmm. you to live out your passion mm-hmm. or to live out your mission, that's going to enhance and increase mm-hmm. your community well-being, especially if you can give back. And that's where I like to tell people, you know, that when we talk about, I, I do a lot of work with employee engagement, mm-hmm. employee well-being. Right. And a lot of people will say, well, my main purpose is the paycheck. It's like, okay, cool. Because your purpose may be putting food or shelter or water for yourself or your family. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not personally attached to what you get to do at work, as Mm -hmm. long as you can fulfill your personal mission and your purpose outside of that eight hours that you're working, 12 hours that you're working, you're still going to be thriving. It doesn't mean that you have to have that job that you're like, Mm -hmm. I love the work that I do every day. Yeah. As long as you're being able to get to do what you love. Can you kind of talk about the little, I know it was on one of your presentations, like the thriving and it was like the thriving, surviving and And striving, striving, the difference between those. Yeah. And it's like the basic take home points. And for, you know, for all of you out there (laughs) listening today, if you're like, okay, well, what's my take home point? Here's my take home point for you. If you forget anything else, I want you to remember this, that your body is like the gas tank in a car. And when you're thriving, you're on full. When you're striving, you're on that half a tank. And mm-hmm. when you're surviving, the gas light's on. Yep. But what's most important is that gas, that gas tank is refillable. Mm-hmm. Each of us are like our cars. Our cars take different types of gas. And yeah. we know what happens when we put the wrong gas in our car. Mm-hmm. And we know what happens when we run out of gas. Mm-hmm. And you have to know what fills you up and mm-hmm. what your personal gas tank is. What brings you joy? What helps yeah. you, you know, I, me personally, I need to be ocean, salt water. That is my, that is my, <laughs> yeah. so it refills my tank. Yeah. And I used to be in a role when I was consulting full-time where I was traveling sometimes up to two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Wilmington at the time. And if I was going on a five-day trip, I would come home and I would go do the loop at Wrightsville Beach because I yep. needed, that was my reset button. Mm-hmm. And that's what filled my tank. But what's most important is to understand that our tank can be refilled mm-hmm. and we have to know what causes our miles per gallon to yes. drop, you know, cause there's certain activities. That, that was, yeah, that was one us. thing I was going to say was one thing that I did like is that it, between the three, it's still mentioned running into problems with each right. of them. Thriving doesn't mean that it's all perfect, right. smooth sailing. You're good to go. It just means you're going to hit just as many problems, if not more, but it's that you're prepared. Like your toolbox is ready to go exactly. sitting beside you. You have everything in your car that you need. Right. To, yeah. And being able to identify when this, when this gas yes. light's coming on mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, if you run out of gas, call AAA. Yeah. Or, you know, or something like that. And like, there's use still your always resources. something to do. Yes. You're, use you, your resources. There is always someone out there that cares for you, mm-hmm. even if you don't even know that person yet. Exactly. And when you get yourself in a situation where you're on empty and you're mm-hmm. on the side of the road, call for help. Yeah. And somebody will come get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like asking for help is a big thing right now. People don't want to do it. And that's just. One of the most important things. And we're back. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) So student questions. All right. So I had quite a few of these. Some of them kind of go together. Um, So we kind of hit on this at the beginning. So if health coach isn't a therapist and doesn't work on fitness and nutrition, then I don't understand the purpose of it. 
Yeah, great question. And again, it's that gray area because it's really depending on the, the Yeah, it client, depends on the person, absolutely. And it depends on who the coach is because if a coach is also well-versed as a personal trainer, then fitness and exercise programming may be a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, when we, a health coach and a personal trainer isn't going to put you, it's out of scope to put right. you on a meal plan or right. anything like yep. that, mm-hmm. which actually, if you really want to get into the weeds of it, it's actually state dependent and mm-hmm. North Carolina does allow legally and technically personal trainers and health coaches to recommend food for mm-hmm. a general healthy adult. Right. So we're currently as of today and in October, 2021, that's what North Carolina says. Okay. Um, but when it comes to health coaching, it's really dependent because not every person has a, you know, a movement related mm-hmm. goal, but they might. Right. And well, they might not know that they right. need one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's really based on what those needs are mm-hmm. and it may be academic. It may be finding the resources yeah. to study better or, to um, where are those study resources, yeah. tutors, or if you, it may be whether it's finding that you need a, additional time for test right. or alternative locations mm-hmm. that take tests. And it's really about the client individually, which, Absolutely. Is, which is why it's a little bit uneasy un- for somebody mm-hmm. to not know because they're like, I'm not quite sure what it is. Like they don't know what it is. Exactly. And I think another important thing is like, like I mentioned earlier, like you don't have to think you have a problem for lack of a better term to reach out like be intentional like if you you know you feel like you're doing okay like but you want to take that extra step like a health coach still can help you like you know like we said not manage your time but like set those priorities straight for you you know um help you with goal setting help you with like career advice as you're going through college like you don't have to have like this huge life crisis to ask for help you know so um, all right, so I just don't understand where to start when it comes to the mindset side of it. I find it hard to get motivated, and I don't quite understand the meditation affirmation side of it. It seems a little silly and taboo. Kind of hit on that earlier, too. Right. Like, you know. And, you know, even meditation, like, I'll be the first to admit that I, like I said, I, I meditate every morning. I start my mm-hmm. day with a daily calm, like, in our well being hubs here. Mm-hmm. At ECU, both on Health Sciences Campus and on main campus, we have, like, the Calm app on our TVs that people Mm -hmm. can do when they come in to meditate. But part of it is, honestly, meditation is different for each of us. Different for everybody. And like I said, it doesn't have to be looking in the mirror and saying affirmations every morning. Like, I know, like, go ahead. Sitting in silence. Just, like, sitting in silence for, like, 30 seconds before your roommates or your animals Mm -hmm. or you have to jump in the car. And it's, like, can I make 30 seconds to just sit? Yes. Or, breathing is yes. huge thing. You don't have to think about anything. Like, like you can just breathe and focus on your breathing. Right. Like that is a huge thing. People yes. take like they don't understand is that breathing can really help you. Like when your anxiety comes along and one I really like, like you yeah. don't you could be sitting in a room full of people and nobody have any clue you're doing it. Right. And that's what's like that I love about it. Like just breathe in, breathe out like the you know, in through your nose, out through your mouth thing, or right. the five senses thing. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Like what's something I can feel right now, what's something yes. I can smell right now? What's something I can taste right now? Yeah. Like talking yourself through that and kind of bringing yourself like back into reality, like when you're stressing out, like just little things like that. Like you said, it's different right. for everybody. And I think a lot of times that people will be hesitant is they don't know, like, am I doing this right? Mm-hmm. Or am I like, what is, I need a checkbox. Right. I, you know, I need a guide. Mm-hmm. And part of that could be like, even when you're breathing, when you're sitting there and you're focusing on the breath, inhaling and exhaling, if right. thoughts come into your mind, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean... You just need to be like, oh, done for the day. I, I failed at this. Yeah. It's more of acknowledging that. Yeah. And then, like, let it go. Exactly. And one of the, the greatest ones that I heard, like, two weeks ago was about if you have feelings of anxiety mm-hmm. or depression coming on, don't identify yourself with that. Exactly. Uh, don't label saying, yourself yeah, as that. Like, yes. I don't, don't say I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Be like, I've noticed anxiety around me Mm -hmm. and that way you're noticing it and then you have a better chance of letting it go it's easier to let it go because then you're not putting it on yourself you know yes yeah i do i like that a lot actually another one of my favorite ways and a recommendation i have when it comes to meditation Mm -hmm. or just trying it out is honestly go stand outside in the grass or in the dirt grounding yes grounding Grounding. i do that every single day i stand by that i know that sounds silly but like bare feet on the ground in the grass like Yes. Let the sun hit your face just for a few seconds. It doesn't have yeah. to be super long. That is, yes, I love grounding. That's a super important one. Um, but, yeah, like he said, there's just there's a lot of different ways. So try them out. If one doesn't work for you, it's okay. Like we said earlier, just switch to something else. Just If it didn't work for you, it doesn't mean you failed. It just means something else might work better. Um, okay, next question. 
So, again, we've hit on this a little bit. I don't feel like I have any usable strengths. I feel like there are just things I need to build on, but I'm not sure how to build on them. Yeah, so two approaches, I would say, is one, take the Clifton Strengths Finders assessment. Yeah. And especially when you start going into interviews or writing cover mm-hmm. letters, that gives you some language to utilize. Right. Of You can say, like, these are my strengths. This is how mm-hmm. I use them. And the other thing is to sit down and, again, like I said earlier, Think about something that you did or completed in the last week or last 24 hours mm-hmm. and then really debrief. How did I actually do that? Like, mm-hmm. what what did I do? Right. I mean, even to the granular level of I had to go pick up dry cleaning. So I needed to leave my house five minutes earlier. Right. Or I needed to do the And you're even though you're like, all I'm doing is breaking down the steps. I'm like, yes. But when you do that, you're thinking about. Yeah. how you broke them down exactly. to reach that goal. Exactly. So you were strategic without even, you know, realizing right. that you were, and that gives you a sense of, you know, product, like productivity. Um, yes. Okay. So I get that I need to work out, eat right, be healthy, but my mind is never in the right place. Um, it seems like nowadays it's super hard to keep a positive mindset. Any advice? Absolutely. Um, just do it. <laughs> I and, love that. Just do it. <laughs> and when I say just do it, it does. there's not a, a certain amount. There's not like mm-hmm. a, you know, and our physical activity guidelines for America, like two mm-hmm. years ago, the last time the, I don't even know what year we're in now, I guess 2018 when they were last released. Mm-hmm. For once, it wasn't like do this amount of strength training per week, do this amount of cardiovascular exercise, yeah. raising your heart rate, blah, blah, blah. It was literally just move. Just move. Walk, yeah. Like, even if you just go outside and walk. Walk the dog. Walk with your neighbors. Walk with your roommates. Yes. Just move. Just get mm-hmm. fresh air and do something that you enjoy that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to and like we talked earlier if like i hate running why, why are you running? why exactly and find the things that bring you joy and focus right. on that and you know try things and if you don't like it switch it out and do yeah. something else and when it comes to it's those small steps mm-hmm. it's a small behaviors and one of the things here is like we i challenge you you know us here i challenge myself and to all of our listeners is mm-hmm. think about a goal that you have yeah. and write down, I want you to physically write down five things that you're going to do tomorrow to get you closer mm-hmm. to it. Yes. And nine times out of 10 mm-hmm. that you're going to write down things that are a lot larger than you're actually going to that do That you tomorrow. can do in right. one day. Yes. And really it's like write down five things, little things that you can do because you're accomplishing those. Right. And it's those small steps that change behavior. And by the end of the day, you still feel like you succeeded because you wrote down a tangible list and you were able to check all those things off. And it might have been as simple as, as soon as I get up, I'm going to make my bed. Like something like that, you know, like just getting up. And but think about it. Then you do those five things five days a week. Okay, well, by the end of the week, you're going to have reached maybe one of those larger goals, you know. So not being afraid to just take it little baby steps at a time. You're not just going to wake up one day and have figured it all out. It's all about like setting new goals each time and they have to be little. You can't just start huge, you know? Yeah. And I mean, again, I'll use myself as an example. When I think back to six years ago when I was going to quit my job to start Mm -hmm. a business, like I wrote my goals on my bathroom mirror. So I would see them Mm -hmm. every day when I got ready, every day when I brushed my teeth. And then those little things that I got closer to Mm -hmm. those goals and that kept, it was the eye on the prize. And you know, the thing is, is like when, if you skip a day, the world's not going to end. Exactly. You didn't fail. Just readjust and Mm -hmm. approach again tomorrow. Exactly. I love that. Um, okay. So, we can kind of shout some resources out here. How can I become a health coach? How can I use that? And how can I use that in a career? Um, so do we, I know we do that with the personal training here. Do we offer stuff like that? Here? So our plan will be to offer it again in the spring. Okay. So we offer like a, a, um, a course, a hybrid course to train okay. people to become health coaches. And, you know, we have our well-being ambassadors here that go through our certified peer educator mm-hmm. training that then we'll qualify them to work with peer on peer. Right. And underneath a health coach, and then we get them in that health coach training program. Mm-hmm. And so you can, and it's open to anybody. And again, we'll be offering that in the in the spring of okay. 2022. And it prepares you for the ACE, the American Council on Exercise mm-hmm. Health Coach Certification, which is an NCCA accredited mm-hmm. certification, which is what's one of the important things is right. NCCA. Right. And there's multiple health coach certifications out there that are qualified. And ultimately, your, you know, as you get further in your career, you'll bridge over into mm-hmm. National Board Certified Health and right. Wellbeing Coach, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the, don't want to say governing body, but kind mm-hmm. of that that conglomerate group. Right, right, right. And when it comes to career, you can work anywhere. You can work for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, like I said earlier, some health coaches work in human resource departments. Some of them work in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Some work for universities. A lot of them work for themselves. Some are in person. Some are right. telecoaching. You know, mm-hmm. some are Zoom coaching. But you can work around the world. And right, yeah. Especially for, I encourage for those of you who want to travel and go out and experience the world, live your life in the Airbnbs after you graduate. You yes, know, absolutely. Start, you know, coaching. There's plenty of companies out there mm-hmm. that hire remote health coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I want to end by talking about this because I feel like this is just the biggest piece of it all with anything, making that decision, readiness to change is how you worded it. Um, love that because that really is what wraps everything up. We've talked about all these fantastic things and you could be sitting here listening like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to write down my five things. But sit down, take a breath, like seriously, like, you know, you have to be ready to change. Like you should be ready. It's as simple as making that decision. But I say it's as simple as, but making the decision is also the hardest choice. Starting is the hardest part. So let's talk about that for just one second to wrap everything up, like what it means to have a readiness to change. Yeah. When we think about readiness to change, it's really about, and it's also based on each thing. If we want to change all these things or want to improve or adopt all these healthy behaviors, Mm -hmm. think about like, how likely are you to actually change that behavior? Do you have the tools and resources Mm -hmm. to make that change? Do you have the social support? I mean, we just talked about the elements of well-being. Do you have the social support Mm -hmm. and the friends around you that are going to cheer you on Mm -hmm. along the way and not, you know, deter you from that change? Yeah. And also think about how it relates to your values. Mm -hmm. And one of the, you know, one of the resources we have here at ECU is the Better You app that is free to students. And it works all from that value action gap, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, Pulitzer Prize um, winner, kind of developed this concept and it was, you know, basically it it says of what we say is important to us and what we actually do doesn't always connect. Mm -hmm. And when we say that, that means that if I say this is important to me, but I don't necessarily prioritize it, there's Mm -hmm. a gap. So we need that nudge to help us. And we have to think about when we're ready to change of why are we wanting to change? Mm-hmm. That's and what I was just about to, to say. Us? Yeah. And is it because somebody else told you you should do yep. it? Because if that's the case, it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. You truly have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one exercise I do when I, in my academic classes, is I just give a list of random behaviors of wearing a seatbelt, um, sitting with your back, mm-hmm always to the wall, like in a restaurant, never your back to the door, right. just random behaviors and looking at where you, con- where are you currently in this behavior? Mm-hmm. And then I always use one that's like knowing the actual recommended daily protein intake for your mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. And I use these random behaviors yes. and people are all over the place. And yeah. then we break down why is it important to you? And then right. like we go through like, well, if you're going to do this, how are you to change that behavior? Right. And somebody might say that, um, well, I'm not likely to change this, but this is something mm-hmm. that I am likely to change because it's important to me. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it boils down to is right. attaching it to your values. Yeah, because if your why isn't strong right. enough or if it's not the right why, right. you're not going to do it. Or you're going to be striving for something that you're never going to, you know, that's just the hard truth of it. You're never going to reach, Right. you know, which is you could be focusing your time on something completely different. So knowing your why feel like is very, very important when it comes to that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, just making that decision, hardest part. But now, you know, a little more educated on some of the resources, you know, some of the things you can do to help yourself with that. You know, ask the questions, you know, go through the health coaching here. I think that is, you know, I'm so glad I figured out like what that was. Like, I'm glad that I thought it was nutritional so I could talk to Karen and like figure out exactly what it was. I think that's super interesting. But Thank you so much, Stephen, for coming on today. I think we had a great conversation, super long and covered so many things. Um, But for anybody who is more interested, they can reach out to you. Can they, um, do you have any? You can um, reach out to us if you're interested in health coaching or well-being coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an intake form on both the crw.ecu.edu website and the new wellbeing.ecu.edu website. Okay, perfect. Um, So there's an intake form there, or you can simply put an email out to campuswellness at Mm -hmm. ecu.edu. Again, campuswellness at Mm ecu.edu 
and we'll get and you know get those resources to you perfect awesome well thank you so much now y'all know so uh tune in with us next time for our next podcast and i hope everyone has a great week thanks again Stephen. yeah absolutely thanks y'all and make it a fantastic day yes <laughs>